Hello World. It's Wednesday, January 27th. I'm Colin. And I'm Kenny. This is HNTLDR. Kenny, how's it going? Well, it's a pretty funny morning today. Colin, you know, as, as our resident movie expert, as our resident fan of cinema and cinemas, I want you to go and check your favorite stock price right now. AMC. Oh, Jesus. The movie company. Coming AMC out swinging today. Holdings. Has it exploded up to $100 a share? Oh, wow. Close. Holy shit. <laughs> I just made money, baby. Oh, my God. What? How is it possible? What? <laughs> <laughs> this is the world we're living in. And uh, it actually is a relevant hacker news story because it is on the front page right now. But I don't know wow. if you've been following. Over here, we've been following the uh, the GameStop explosion of the past week, which is truly insane. And uh, Reddit has now shifted its tactics over to AMC. But this is like all very clearly tied directly to reddit's wall street bets subreddit uh mm. short squeezing hedge funds and it's it's insane it's just the whole thing is just so ridiculously insane that's so insane. to anyone out there like people should also check out the games i mean most people i would guess have seen it maybe not but the yep. gamestop stock in the past uh let's see in the past five days is up 700 percent. what that's insane and so <laughs> and it's just amc the- it's the uh, Wall Street bets people. All right. So it's like a coordinated, is it like a pump and dump scheme? Like, do they well, want or are they going to keep the prices high? Like, my, <laughs> this is probably content for a different podcast, but my, <laughs> my short prediction is that someone is going to go to jail. <laughs> someone has to go to jail. <laughs> the mods of Wall Street bets will just go to jail for 40 years. You know, the SEC will just put them away. (laughs) But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's like a clearly, it's a a clear plan that uh, like GameStop and AMC were very heavily shorted stocks. And people on Wall Street bets realized that they could short squeeze because of how shorted they were and just drive up the price and force the short sellers uh, to cover. And so they're just... They're just buying up tons and tons of GameStop and AMC and BlackBerry stock. BlackBerry, but, incredible. Yeah, it's pretty wild. The so GameStop like has been the last few days, and then just today, apparently, like it it appears that people have shifted their tactics over to AMC. So wow. it's a uh, currently as we're recording. It, today's jump is 171%, but year to, year to date, AMC is up 570%. This is continues my streak of making either some of the best, like every stock decision I make is either an incredible decision or a, one of the worst, most ridiculous bad decisions anyone's ever made. Like people didn't believe in me when I bought MoviePass and or convinced you to also buy movie pass stock <laughs> yeah i can't believe i only bought into the wrong one <laughs> yeah and so you know i was you know we were living together i told you a dozen times that now is the time to buy amc i bought it at four currently at 14 baby how does that yeah. feel kenny god i love winning arguments i should definitely <laughs> sell now right this is gonna this is gonna I mean, crash so absolutely hard. <laughs> 
to our listeners out there, this is not investment advice, and we uh, we are not. <laughs> we bear no liability for. <laughs> for- <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for informing me of this. Oh man, incredible! What a ridiculous simulation we're all living in. <laughs> Anyways, what's on Hacker News? Well, uh, there was another Matt uh, Taibbi uh, Substack post yesterday, uh, kind of just continuing to hammer Silicon Valley on shutting down free speech. Is the terminology he uses? He's really just like, you know having a field day with with this line this this uh i don't know this topic like he's you know the last three things he's posted have been you know all related to like social media shutdowns of of conservative you know uh accounts and i think it's just kind of an interesting it's interesting the the split it seems between the kind of like party line of liberals and the party line on hacker news which are usually fairly well aligned uh, but on this, at least, you know, at least if you're looking at the success of all of Taibbi's Substack posts, you know, it, it's certainly some some major, you know, HN is definitely of two minds on this issue. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have any, you know, there's nothing to add here. Just like an interesting, uh, an interesting split. That is interesting. I'll have to uh, check out that Substack. I missed it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Is that the noun? Are we calling them Substacks now? Damn it. I don't want uh, them to get probably. the generic term, you know, uh, named after Substack because that makes it just that much harder to displace them. That's true. That's true. So also on the front page right now is a great story from Banner Bear, mm-hmm. which is titled A Bootstrapped SaaS Journey to 10K MRR, Monthly Recurring Revenue. So this guy is now making $10,000 a month. Uh in recurring revenue on his SaaS product. And it's just a great little story of like just a brutal year. And he left his job to, you know, work for himself and attempted 12 startups within 12 months and made zero revenue for a whole year. He had like two years of savings, but uh, like none of them received direct, none of them got revenue. Um, And now he's, he's kind of broken through and made it and he documented his little journey here uh, through it all and gave how much money he was making monthly during this journey. And uh, it's a well-designed site and it's a, a nice success story of the, of the indie hacker lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Definitely true. This guy, there was a few things that questions I had about this. Apparently two of his products that he launched in 2019 were acquired he like mentions this in a tweet, uh, but then doesn't get into the details of it. I'd like to know oh, the details of that. I'm sure it exists otherwhere, other other places on the blog. Uh, but then, yeah, this article in general, it's kind of interesting. It's you know, it's not just like a classic blog post format. He kind of, you know, <laughs> it looks like a landing page, even though it's a blog post. You know, with like yeah, this kind of uh, this formatting with like you know big single sentence kind of call outs uh with images next to them and there's there's no like big blocks of text um so it's kind of like very easily digestible um but yeah this is also an indie hacker who's selling primarily to to other indie hackers which i think is you know the way to do it the the only way to do it i mean this guy you know he's got like 30 or twenty thousand twitter followers as well like 
I wonder to what extent, you know, you know, he's, he continuously like live tweeted his process of building all these products over the course of a year. He's, you know, tweeted like 30,000 times, you know, One might say he builds in public, he builds in public. So he's, so I wonder if his success is like, he started with nothing and then he tweeted a lot. Uh, and then, you know, once he had enough followers, he did the smart thing, which is pivoting to selling to indie hackers, other indie hackers. And then at that point, your Twitter account just becomes like a viable, you know, marketing channel. So like the process of building all his failed products was gave him the ability to, you know, uh, unlock the Twitter marketing channel, which then <laughs> right. gave him the ability to launch his indie hacker focused product. <laughs> so it's just like a Ouroboros. It's like the <laughs> infinite loop. Yeah. Well, however he's doing it, it uh, I was inspired. Agreed. It's a good post. And Banner Bear seems cool. If nothing yeah. else, it's inspiring because it's, you know, there's just so many startups, little startups to build. And it's interesting that something that's this small can, you know, bring in $120,000 a year in revenue. Yeah. Um, you know, it just like APIs to generate images for different like use cases or scenarios, such a broad, you know, category of product. And, uh, and there's so many, there's so many little scenarios where people need to do that and don't want to have to do any sort of image generation themselves. Uh, anyway. Right. Yeah. Constantly surprised by that as somebody who likes editing images, but oh well. <laughs> well, maybe not in an automated way. I don't know. When I I was really wishing there was something back when we were I was working on Lorelei to doing like PDF generation. Mm, doing PDF yep. generation back then and now was this whole nightmare. I had like a uh, like a Windows machine that was required to like convert the PDF to the kind of like print friendly format that the the printers required so i had to like you know have this like random windows server running uh on google which i don't even know if you're able to run like cloud windows servers anymore uh, but it was the only you <laughs> know you had to like plug it's in upsetting these... to think about that it was upsetting it was upsetting to do it was upsetting to think about and uh <laughs> thank god lorelei's dead uh some here oh were you yep. gonna say something no i said paused Continue. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, pause. That's very funny. That's a very good joke. Uh, so there's the Launch HN on here, Axel Health. Uh, hopefully they don't listen to my Ooh. podcast because <laughs> I emailed them. <laughs> well, they're, basically they're trying to solve the same problem that I am with Brick Health, which is like, you know, the way they frame it is, uh, you know, telehealth uh, is taken off as the technology has improved, but physical tests are still often needed to make diagnoses and physical contact is needed to administer treatment. Uh, which is a pretty good, you know, verbalization of that notion. Um, it's one that I've been trying to like summarize in my Brick Health website. Um, so yeah, these guys launched on on Bookface a couple weeks ago and on LaunchHN today, and um, they have like an API where you can send a nurse to the patient's home, uh, a nurse or like a phlebotomist who can draw blood and like patch it through to a to a lab to get lab tests done. And yeah, I mean it's you know it's an interesting approach. Um, I can't imagine the margins are very good since they actually have to send nurses to the person's home, which like, mm. you know, there's, I don't, you know, you have to pay the nurses, you know, salary as they drive, you know, uh, back and forth across the city. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, Brick, we're doing the brick and mortar equivalent of this, where you can still submit orders with an API, but then the patient has to go into our one of our facilities. Right. Um, anyway, it's interesting. So these, these guys took uh, Uber for healthcare very literally. Extremely literally. I got to, yeah, I, I do wonder. I mean, this is the kind of thing you could literally build on top of maybe not the Uber API, but uh, there's a few companies that uh, that are kind of just like a on-demand services you know, platform or like, mm. you know, they kind of provide like the plumbing for, for building something like a, a task rabbit or something. I'm not sure how right. many like nurses or medical personnel are on there. Um, but yeah, you could almost build this without having to do any hiring or subcontracting, I think. But I emailed these guys and they, uh, they said they're too busy building the product to meet with me. I'm not bitter. <laughs> wow. Well, at least you're not giving them any free advertising or anything. That's right. Everyone, ddosaxelhealth.com. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, okay. Also on Hacker News, totally different topic, is a very interesting article of something that I saw people talking about on Twitter almost a year ago now at the very beginning of the pandemic. And it's about photojournalism. And it's called Telephoto Fear. Mm-hmm. And it was the concept, which I saw very clearly at the very beginning of the pandemic, of uh, ways to take photos that make it look like people are, are in extremely crowded areas by taking a horizontal telephoto shot where you just see a sea of people. But these people could be, all could be very easily, could be six feet apart from each other. But the way you take the photo makes it look like it's like a crowded New York City street. And you can do this anywhere. So you can make a beach, if you take a photo like this, you can make a beach where people are nowhere near each other look like they're all huddled up right next to each other. And people were commenting about this in the very early days of, of COVID when, when that was the biggest controversy was photojournalism. (laughs) Um, And it was like, Oh yeah, that's a very interesting point. And now it's back with this, uh, with this blog post uh, showing some, some good examples of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. They have these two side-by-side images that are really uh, compelled, like really starkly, different even though it's the same street from two different angles i kind of wish you'd they'd gotten a photo like from one of those rooftops for the left image so you could like look down on the street and see exactly all the spacing (laughs) right Uh, yeah that's true but yeah they got it's interesting when you can't when you have it at a low enough angle you just can't see uh the ground at all so just like yeah psychologically it just looks like extremely crowded yeah so uh What's, yeah, I don't what's know. the what's the fear? I'm I'm not clear why it's called telephoto fear, and the word fear isn't used oh. a, at all in this on this page except in the title. <laughs> oh well, I think it's th- just the it's the causing of fear, like uh, making mm-hmm. people think that people are in too crowded of areas, Got and it. like causing causing some fear by okay. taking photos that make things look more crowded than they are. Okay. Well, the telephotos photos definitely look more like, I don't know, about cinematic. They look fancier. They look good. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> Better than the ones that are honest about uh, about the density. Yeah, that's true. It, it also just makes it an interesting point about uh, how much the, the, the like setting up of a photo and how much a photographer can actually express in a photo. Like, yeah. It's so much more than just 
what's actually there in real life, yes. which is just uh, very interesting to think about. Boy, look at the time. That is all we have time for. We will see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, folks. Bye.